They say if you hang around six winners, you're bound to be the seventh winner. If you hang around five losers, you're bound to be the sixth loser. So you are who you surround yourself with, who you congregate with. If you want to be successful, you must hang around successful people. Hey, y'all, if y'all definitely needed that for this Monday motivation to kick off your week, keep listening because this advice that is coming up was honestly one of my favorite. Usually I'm very inspirational and shit sometimes, but it was definitely so refreshing to hear some words from the old school. And trust me, his words are very moving. So if you like what you heard, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Let's take some red calls from the request line. Caller number one. What's up? It's your girl Double D's calling from the 323. Ooh, what's up, Double D's? Man, I'm trying to hear them red tails. You feel me? All right, boo. I got that coming for you. But shout out the podcast that keeping it realer than real, though. It's the RRR, baby. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Real, The Ratchet, and The Reckless. I'm your host, Nessa Nandes. What is good, guys? I'm always excited when I have guests. You guys get to get a little taste of my community and where I come from and the people that are just trying to do what we've been doing. Today's guest has been doing his dreams for a very long time, and I'm more than happy to introduce Eric Walker, also known as King Create on Instagram. He is a graphic designer, uh, art instructor, and a motivational speaker. What's up? <laughs> How are you? What up? What up? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing really good. I want to thank you for coming on. It means a lot. You know, I really do appreciate that. I ran into you. I approached you when I saw you. Well, let the listeners know of our story, but I'm happy how persistent you were about it. Like, let's make this interview happen. And I want to thank you for that. Um, so welcome. Welcome to my podcast. And let's just jump right in. Okay. I want to let people know how we know each other. And I'll say a little bit and then you can tell me if you remember anything. If you guys didn't know, I did work with kids a while ago and it was one of my favorite jobs I used to work for an after-school program and the reason why it was so easy for me to just do it was because my family has was doing it and one of my family members is still doing it my mom was actually a art like almost like an arts and crafts staff at Los Angeles Elementary and I remember that sometimes you know when we were so young we couldn't just stay at home she would bring us along to work and also she wanted us to be involved with her stuff and just be involved in school and that's where I met Mr. Walker I was probably like eight nine years old and I clearly remember your style everything you look like I remember you used to take your daughter with you because we were around (laughs) the same age I know she was younger than me and you were just everybody wanted to join your club like I clearly remember that and I clearly remember my mom just being so like moved by you because like I mentioned my mom till this day kind of paints just like a hobby but she's really artsy really artsy and I know that she appreciated you because she saw how much you cared about your work and she was the same way she wasn't gonna do no half-ass job and she cared about the kids and she loved that about you and I'll never forget you and I ran into you like a few years ago I was serving at the Cheesecake Factory and I was like I know him and I went up to you and I don't know did you remember me or you were like what the hell um I mean, I'm going to be honest, you know, I ain't going to front. You know, yeah, I deal with so many different people throughout a period of time. I didn't remember you until you told me who you were. And when you, when you said, you know, LC was your mom, then that's when I was like, oh, okay. Then I remember you, your brother, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and y'all, and, and and that was, it was a pleasure to see you because I run into, man, truth, truth be told, I didn't run into, I'm going to say a lot of my students, but from that 
from that time, from way back then, all the way into now, I run into a few students that, you know, went to the school and even other programs I taught at. People got hair on their face now. Check this one out. One of the students, he got his own company now. He do a t-shirt line. And he was uh, in the area one day in the little business area and I was walking and he said my name and I turned around, I looked at him. He said, hey, you remember me? And I was like, from where? And he told me his name. He said, I was one of your students in L.A. Best at L.A. Elementary. I was like, oh. And he got real tall. And I was like, oh, what's up, man? He gave me his little site to see more of his work. Nice. I, I was very impressed. And he told me, he said, thank you so much, man, for working with me as a young kid. And thanks for believing in me. And that touched my heart because I was like, wow, look what I planted the seed in him to a little bit, to a degree. You as obviously an idol to other people. And like you said, someone that pushed and planted that seed. Sometimes people don't understand, especially when you're working with kids, like how much they look up to you. And to me, like, because when yeah. I was working there, I was like, I'm just some random ass girl. I did like working with the kids and I was doing random ass shit on the weekend being crazy. But the way the <laughs> kids look up to you is crazy. And and you hearing that when they come up to you is like, dang, like people don't understand what an impact we have on these kids when we work with them. For me to even be like Eric Walker, Mr. Walker, like I didn't forget that. I didn't forget your name. I d didn't forget what you do and what you do. So let's just jump into that. Your art is unforgettable. Your art is authentic. So we're going to just jump right in. You grew up in Los Angeles, LA? Yeah, I come from South Central Los That's Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> How did it start, well, your love for art and graffiti art? You know, I, I was blessed to grow up in the home with my mother and my father as a young kid growing up in the hood, South Central LA. And, you know, around that time, there was a lot of family that still sort of had the Muslim father in the home, barely hanging by a thin string. So I was privileged and blessed to be in the home with my both of them. My mom always uh, made for sure that me and my sister didn't just sit around all day and watch TV in the summertime. She always made for sure we did something constructive with our time. And so she always gave us like uh, challenges to do like, hey, paint me a picture. I give you a quarter, I give you a dollar. This as a little mm -hmm. kid. By the time I was nine years old, you know, uh, growing up in the neighborhood, I used to look at the gang writing on the wall. Now, when I say that, the gang writing back then was totally different from a lot of the gang writing we see on the wall today. It was oh, very no, yeah. <laughs> organized, very structured, very clean. Yes, it sounds weird for a lot of people that don't, that never seen it, but I was like witnessing it firsthand, like, you know, like, it, even though it was wrong that they were writing on the wall, but it looked so clean and so good back then that I used to try to copy it. That's what grabbed my interest in doing what I do. It was some of that. And then when I started seeing the New York subway style of art, then I got into that and I took it to another level. My, my mom wasn't really never into what I was doing. She didn't like to see me do graffiti art. It was negative. It, then my father, he didn't look at it as negative. He embraced it with me. He was like, hey, son, I don't mind if you do it, but just don't be writing on people walls. Like he would take me to go buy the materials. He would take me nice. to the places and go watch me paint, you know, just to make for sure everything was good. So I appreciate him for that. But I also appreciate my mom for when I was young that she would take me to different places that would try to help nurture my my art skills. We would go to Disneyland and I would sit down and watch the people who would do cartoons of people. And I would like sit there and watch them do that. Or my mom would take me to different art colleges and like uh, wow. take me to go meet the counselors and sit there and see about the program. Somehow both of them came Perfect. together on that level. My teachers, 
they was against it. A lot of my teachers, I ain't gonna say all of them, but a lot of my teachers was against it. They used to tell me to stop doing it, put it away. They said that if I do it, I would end up in jail. I would end up dead or in the gang. And they didn't understand. And it was very discouraging. Glad that I'm talking about that because now for all you listeners out there, I want y'all to hear this. When my teachers told me that I wasn't going to be anything if I kept doing it and to put it away, what if I would have listened to them? I was like real young, nine years old, like 13, 14, you know, all the way to high school. You know, my teacher used to tell me, hey, I know you love art, but this is not going to get you to where you need to be. Put that away. And I was so determined that I was always, I would say slightly rebellious, but in a good way. I was like, man, I ain't care about what they talking (laughs) about. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I kept doing it. One of my teachers took one of my drawings one day and and stood in front of me and tore my paper into little tiny shreds and dropped it in front of my face in front of the whole classroom. And everybody in the classroom started laughing. She whispered something negative in my ear. And I'll never forget, I sat in my chair that whole period. I I didn't even do no more work. Just kept looking at her like, man, you gonna pay for that. (laughs) I said to myself like, man, why? But guess what? That turning point could have been a negative for me. I could have cried and said, I'm not gonna do this no more. But because of my attitude back then, I was like, man, I'm gonna prove to her, the teacher, or any other teachers, my mom, that I will be somebody. And guess what? I became somebody because I was determined. I was passionate about what I was doing. I had ambition. I set goals for myself. And it it wasn't easy all the way through. I'm not going to sit here and make it like it was a Mm. piece of cake. And to this day, sometimes I face with obstacles and challenges. I like to be old school and talk to people and get a feel for the do's and the don'ts. And then life is the best teacher. So those are my do's and don'ts as well. That's beautiful. You know what's crazy? I'm like, back to what we were saying about teachers don't know the big impact they have on kids. We're in 2020 and I don't I, I don't know how old you are, but the fact that you remember that as a kid, this is a point to the listeners. Like, there's going to yeah. be people like these teachers in your ears. When you start seeing your um art or whatever that is that you do get attention or grow bigger, the voices, those negative voices will get louder. Obviously, we're human. We care about what people think. And there's like a, an extent to it. Like, it might bother me for a little bit, like you said at that moment in the class for the moment for the rest of the period you were upset but it didn't stop you you know what i'm saying and i want people to know that that it's like there's going to be negative comments but number one look at who it's coming from and you know sometimes teachers especially we don't have the greatest in the district in a lot in lausd and sometimes they be mad that that's all they became you know what i'm saying like and it's like you're trying to ruin other people's whatever their passion is and i feel like we're in a in a year where what you love to do is embrace now and back in the day it wasn't it was like you better become a teacher you better become a dentist yeah. a doctor because that's the only way to get money and get out of the hood and actually be somebody in life and that's right now we embrace it more and i think it's perfect to have you on so people can see you know old school new school shit same shit still applies like keep pushing right. even if people because people have something to say especially the people that ain't doing nothing or like not okay. following their dreams so it's like look at who's saying it and don't forget what what moves you and what your passion is because i i can't believe hearing your story is crazy to uh-huh. me because i got to see a little bit of it growing up and then we lost contact oh, yeah. and then i see you now and i look at your art and it is your art it is so 
Eric Walker. Like, I know it's your work and it looks exactly the same, obviously better and bigger, right? Because I only knew a little bit when I'd see it. But tell yeah. me a little bit about that, the growing process when you felt like, oh, shit, this is getting real. I want to say this. I'm, I'm 47 years old now. So, I mean, I'm proud. Yeah. I'm 47 strong, actually. 47 no, for strong. real. You know, I'm like, you look the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm 47 strong. I don't smoke, no drinking, no smoking, no drinking. And I try to be healthy as possible as much as I can. <laughs> I said that for a reason, because, you know, at the age of nine years old is when I started to draw the style of art that I do, the graffiti art, you know, and, you know, when you really have a deep passion for something, you're going to stick with it. I'm going to answer your question. I want to say this, though. When we was in L.A. Best, there was a student. I can't remember. I, I do remember, but I'm not going to say his name. It was his first day in the classroom. We talking about how people make an impact in your life, right? Yeah. So he comes into the classroom with an attitude. He finds a place to go sit and he slams his chill real hard on the ground. So I said, hey, how you doing? He said, I don't want to be in this stupid class. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I don't want to be here. This is a dumb program. I said, come here for a minute. Let me talk to you. He came to my desk and I was real laid back and calm. I said, okay, where do you, where would you like to be? If you don't want to be in my class, where you want to be? He said, man, I don't know. I just don't want to be here in this program. I said, well, what do you like to do? He said, I like to do graffiti art. When he said that, woo, I was what? like, the, I, and I didn't get excited. I was real cool and laid back still. I said, oh, for real? He said, yeah. I said, man, I'll make you a deal. If you just cooperate with me today and don't give me a hard time, if you do that today, I promise you tomorrow, I'll bring my graffiti art to show you what I do. He acted right. The next day I bought my book and I showed him. Man, that kid, ever since that day, he didn't give me no problem. He actually became my assistant in the classroom, you know, and he told me as he, when he graduated from uh, the, the elementary school, he came back actually. He was coming on the campus when he wasn't even supposed to be on the oh, campus yeah. <laughs> just to come and check on me. And me and him have something in common. See, that's the problem. Relatable. A lot of teachers can't connect with the students. So when they can't connect with the students and show similarities, it, yeah. then the student becomes uh, detached. And so I showed them, or not just him, but I showed a lot of people, man, it's possible. So it, it's a trip. That's amazing. That's crazy. And I'm just like, the fact that you said that, um, sometimes... Um, as like teachers, they think because teachers always give that persona like I'm a teacher and that's all I am. and You got to do what I say. But when that's <laughs> I love what you said. Relatable. Like if you if you if the kid don't like you, the kid's not going to listen to you. And I feel like that's what I learned, too, that I was so real and I was so chill. Like, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm uptighty. No, I'm coming here from two to six. This is what's going to happen. We're going to follow the rules. I'm not Miss Perfect and we're going to have fun. And and just yeah. keeping it real with the kids. Kids see that, okay. you know, kids are the real kids will tell you the truth this is another deep one i remember i was going through something before now look this is some real stuff yeah you know what i'm saying I, before i came to work one day i was going through a lot of uh internal things that i was dealing with because i had some outside things happening before i got to work <laughs> so when i got It'd to be work, like that <laughs> yeah, i was upset i was on one i was on eight of them right yeah <laughs> and i got there i was so mad i was like man when I walked into the teacher's lounge and I went in there and I spoke and a lot of the adults didn't speak back. So that made me feel even more Word, angry on yeah. it. Like, man, what's wrong with people, man? People don't know how to be cool no more. Watch this. When the bell rung and I went outside and the students started lining up, I remember it was the second grade or a third grader. She ran up to me 
and she came and out of nowhere. She ran as fast as she can and gave me a hug. Real true story. And she said, Mr. Walker, you're the best. Thank you. She said, you're the greatest artist on the planet. I kid you not, man. I'm real. I, I try not to tear up. <laughs> man, my eyes got watery. I looked at her, and that reminded me, like, man, like, you know what? Go time. You are somebody, man. Don't trip off of everything else. This one young person who haven't been on the planet that long told me that I am somebody and I'm great. So it's important that we listen to the young people uh-huh. sometimes. And I, man, I'll never forget that. I said, damn. This one little person in the second or third grade told me I'm great. These adults, they don't even want to speak. No, and what's crazy is that they look forward to seeing us. Like, things go on in our personal life. To show up and I'd be pissed or something. But the moment the bell would ring, like, my whole, like, whoosh. Like, it'd be a whole different vibe. I'd forget my problems. And I'm like, all right, I'm Miss Vanessa or I'm Miss Hernandez when the bell rang. You got a good point. Now, watch this one. The same way we talking to the young people and trying to encourage them, sometimes the kids will remind you like, hey, you ain't doing something right. Like you say, they real. Like you were absent two days in a row. Why didn't you pull up to work? (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? See, that's the realness. So when you ask me that question, when did things become real? Things always actually been real throughout the journey. It's at different levels. I didn't want a regular nine to five. When I just said to myself, man, I just want to just do this. When I was young, I just wanted to do this for a living truth be told <laughs> when i was teaching at the program man for five i taught for five years straight so after that five years my energy and spirit started to deplete and i was like man this is burning me out spiritually mentally and physically even though i love to do it i just felt like no nobody was respecting what i was bringing to the yeah, table yeah. i remember it was a gloomy rainy day and i was sitting in the car be- way before it was time for me to go to the program that day I had my seat tilted back and I was just looking into the sky and watching the rain pour down. And I was trying to debate, man, should I keep doing this or should I just go ahead and believe in myself? This was in 2006 because I always was independent doing my thing before I go teach. But this is where I went full fledged to where I did this 24 seven where I just really believed in myself and said, I'm going all out. For all you listeners out there, you have to believe in yourself, man. You have to really know that you are somebody, you got something to offer, and you got to find your purpose in life. I knew my purpose at an early age. My purpose was to come to this planet and be creative and make this world beautiful with my art. That day, I took that step. I remember I called in. They were like, oh, Mr. Walker, you coming to work today? No. I said, no, I'm not coming today. I'm going to be honest. They say everything all right? I said, I'm not quitting. I'm just going to take a break. I said, because I'm not a quitter. They was like, well, you sure? We got another position for you and it's going to pay more money. I said, no, I'm not worried about that. I said, "Uh, you could get that position to somebody else. And I never came back. And that was it. And I'm 2006 all the way to 2020, 14 years, full-fledged, just waking up in the morning, treating everything like a business, making follow-up phone calls, going out there networking, meeting new people not being afraid to talk to different nationalities of people, not being intimidated by people with degrees in these corporate buildings, me walking in there with confidence, not going in there like this, though. I, excuse <laughs> me, when I walk in there, I had to have a long sleeve dress shirt yeah. on, some nice little, I'd be suited and booted, basically, when I walk up in there. And, you know, in order to get respect, you got to present yourself in a respectable manner. I couldn't go in there talking my, yo, what's up? Yeah. I had to go in there and talk appropriately, I had to look them in the eye. I had to be confident 
that's cool that those people got their degrees, but that don't make me feel uh, inferior to them. Oh, yeah. I don't feel belittled by them because, see, their degree is only for what they specialize in. My degree didn't come from the school, even though I finished college, but my yeah. degree come from the world, the streets. I'm validated by that. I'm validated by my own uh, existence. So I don't need a certificate or a degree or a receipt to prove that I'm relevant in today's time in society. That's deep, huh? That's Yeah, I'm like, and it's crazy because now it's, I feel like now, and that's harder because I feel like back in the day, it was just that. Like, either you're in school or you're not. And if you're not in school, people look down on you. And yeah, like it's you're like, a failure. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I even respect that more because now I feel like I really, just to keep it honest, I do, I, and maybe because I know I was in college. I did. I haven't finished college, but because I knew oh. the people that were there and the people that have gotten their degrees and I'm like, what's the difference between me and you? Like, it's really not like, so now I'm like, I'm more upfront about it. Like, okay, you got a degree. That's real nice. Like go do, make it do what it do with your degree. That's cool. I feel like back in the day, it was more like, oh, you don't have a degree. Like we're going to look down on you. Like you're not shit. So that's, what's yeah. crazy to me that it's like, it's even harder. Like you said, you have to be the part and you have to pull up and look at these people, you know, and it's really hard because I remember growing up around our neighborhood, there's not really white people. And you know, what we yeah. know about white people is that they're most, all of them is successful or they got family that they could rely on that are successful. Correct. And um, I remember that the fact that you talk about not being intimidated to talk to other, you know, race or ethnicities, whatever. Um, yeah. I feel like we're in a melting pot here in LA for sure. But I didn't really start talking to white people like that till I got my job as a server. And what was crazy <laughs> is like, there's, it, it, it is, it, and it shouldn't be like that, but you thought because they yeah. were white, like, oh, you yeah. felt some kind of way, like, oh, um, and then you talk to them, you're like, there ain't nothing different. <laughs> like, there's really not, like, and some of them don't even go to school and have degrees. You just assume oh, yeah. they all got degrees. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, just like you said, just feeling that, like, just being yourself in the room, don't matter who in the room, what color they are, like, you just being yourself and knowing that you bring something to the table, you can, you can bring whatever y'all want to the table, but this is what I bring to the table, and just being confident about that, no matter if you don't look like nobody or intimidated about who's in the room, you know? Right. I, I'm I, just, in I respect with... you though because it's harder back in the day because it was more like labels and now everybody's just waking up and realizing shit but I give you a lot of credit for just being so passionate and confident in the air like in back in the days it was not that easy now, now watch this everything you said is the 100% truth to this day I'm self-independent I get up every day make phone calls send out email I go meet with clients now that the situation in the world is happening with this COVID, we got to do Zoom. It's interesting because I still have to deal with people. And some people, man, they still haven't learned. Some people are in a position to make things happen and to, to open up doors for people. You know, there's, there's two sides to the coin for me. There's time where there's opportunities where I try to get in there to make things happen, but for some reason you could feel there is racism that still exists in that equation. Mm -hmm. True, true story. And some people would say, "Oh no, it don't have nothing to do with that." I'm like, "Man, please, like you could feel you, it. You know, Nobody you know when you can feel you it. Feel that, yeah. You could feel it. You, you could feel, feel the negativity. Now, flip side of that, there's doors that open for me that are very great, to where I have to ride the wave and treat it very, uh, very well. Because if I don't, it, it, could, it could cause the backlash for other people who's trying to get within that same lane. 
I've opened up the door for so many people where I come from. God makes those uh, opportunities available for me, right? So whatever company, corporation say, hey, you're more than welcome to bring three or four other artists with you. I try to reach back to where I come from and pick reliable people that I can count on that ain't going to make me look bad, that I know that could do the work and that they on point. But the objective, folks, is when you make it to a certain level in your life, try your best to go pull somebody else up. You know, don't be selfish. It's a lot of people who make it to a certain level and they don't give back. There's room for everybody. Back to what you're saying. What you give is what God gave you. And if you That's feel right. that, like if you feel that, it's like, why? It, what God gave me, I already got. Why I got to be stingy about it if somebody else has it or there's an opportunity? Or sometimes people are afraid of that, like that someone's going to take that from them. It's like, God already gave you your gift. You're doing your part. And if you're able to help somebody else that got something else to give, what's the problem? <laughs> like if you yeah. got it, you got it. No one can take that from you. And I feel like yeah, you got a particular flavor. Like I got a particular yeah, flavor. Exactly. Now, there will be somebody who might be able to do it a little bit better than me. But for some reason, the way I fit nested is a little different from the next one of course so i have to nurture it but the objective is to never get stuck in your comfort zone and don't grow so as an artist or as a person i have i have to keep on pushing there's two kinds of people in this world there's people who wait for things to happen and there's people who make things happen Uh so it's see i'm proud of you look you got your own podcast show you know what i'm saying so you didn't, nobody said, hey, do you want, I don't, maybe they did, I don't know, but I, I got a feeling you you had ambition, like, man, I'm going to do my show, because yeah. I can tell you got that fire in you, that hey. attitude, like, I'm going to do this. But for long, you know like saying? you said, I didn't have that for long, I thought someone was going to come to my door and be like, you know what, you dope, come on my show, like, because I knew that I wanted to do radio, right, like, I'm like, oh, I want to yeah. be on radio, I'm going to apply, and if they want me, they're going to call me, and it wasn't until, like, I started, it started hitting me, like, girl, ain't nobody calling you, <laughs> like, nobody knows who you are nobody knows about you so i felt like okay well i have to let people know who i am and i feel like when podcasting came i'm not gonna lie to you it made me feel so relieved like the fact that i can do it from my home the fact that i don't have to go through an interview or look at somebody and make them believe in me like listen this is why you gotta hire me like the fact that i didn't have to do that which eventually my brand will speak for itself where people will be like you know what because you did that we already know what you are now we're coming to you we need you or we want you you know what i'm saying but just podcasting it means more to me because I really fuck with this. Like I fuck with my own show. Like it's my own rules. You don't have to listen. You don't turn on the radio and I'm there and you got to listen to me if you don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like you only come listen to me if you fuck with me. And I like that. I like that people have that choice. So yeah, I would used to wait. I used to think like that, like someone's going to come to my door and not to say I've had, I've met people and people have helped me and given me pointers, but the whole creating the podcast was me. Like I had to do it on my own. I had to do my little setups. I had to Google and YouTube, you know, luckily in this age, we could Google and YouTube anything and it's there. And I learned how to do all this that I have going on because of that, like self-taught, but also YouTube and Google taught me. I like your little setup. You know, I like the blue and the light blue and you got the blue background. I just feel like your art is a reminder of our community and I feel like you're doing it and I'm happy to see it and just another question I wanted to ask like just around the art so you talk about how you're like you know what I want to do this nine to five and you talk about how you started treating it as your business you know that's hard that is very hard because right now with COVID I have not returned back to my job I'm getting this time that I've never had so I'm producing more content but I know I can do better I know I'm not treating it like a nine to five you said it's hard to network and, and meet up when COVID is going on but what would your advice be treating it like a nine to five with the time, but the restrictions we have right now with COVID. Uh, I mean, I'm going to keep it 100. I wasn't never really into 
the computer or social media. You know, I've always been the kind of person, like, if it ain't face-to-face, like, where I could yeah, see people interact. in front of me, I've always been resistant. But real talk, when it when, when it did hit, COVID hit, my mindset had to change. Either I was going to get crushed in the sense of I wasn't going to succeed, or I had to hurry up and regroup and re-strategize my moves. I had to start using social media and all these other platforms as a way to get to my audience still. And it's been working. I'm not going to say it's been working real good, but I'm not going to say it's been working you, bad. You got to know it, how it's all, working. It's all in how you, and I think I've been doing good, but I know I could do even better. Same. I know I could do better. One of my buddies said, create, man, you need you an online store. You could be generating some kind of revenue that would be very oh, yeah. great for you because you got good skills. And I was like, wow, for, for the person that told me that, I look up to them. So the objective is don't just talk about it. Now I'm going to be about it. I'm going to talk to talk, then walk to walk. Don't be afraid to take a gamble at what you believe in and what you stand for and what you represent. I'm old school to the point where I don't like to do certain things. I I become uh, stubborn to a degree. And I learned that and I realized sometimes you can't do everything by yourself. You might need to have a team. Uh But then some people say if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So you got to know a balance. how to network with people. Yeah, balance. And then there's certain people that you can utilize for certain things. Uh, Mr. Walker, um, one of my last questions is, you've been doing this for so long that you are the perfect person to ask. What would you tell the people like me or my and around my age or people that, that are just like me, don't matter what the age is, that are just starting, they want to reach their goals. Like sometimes, especially with the young generation, like we get impatient and I'm, I've accepted that everything I'm trying to do is minimum. If, it, if I'm going to do it right, I'm thinking five, six years. There's people talking about 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And you have the perfect timeline for that. And a lot of people forget that it takes time for something good to grow. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you are a perfect example of that because you never gave up. So what would your advice be along the journey of just this all these years that pass? Like, what is your advice in matters of just pushing to make it pay off and make it a nine to five? Well, for those of you who are watching this, to push your dreams and make it become reality and to, to where you could do this, you have to be able to really believe. And that sounds so simple. Like, oh, just believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but you got to really want it. You got to keep pushing, man. You're going to hit a lot of stumbling blocks. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Sometimes it's, it's going to be some smooth rides, too, where things just going to be going good. But you got to be prepared for when it go bad. You got to plan today for your tomorrow. Things gonna work. Try to make good calculated decisions. Write out your ideas, you know, but act upon them. In order for you to be successful in doing this as nine to five, your mindset has to change. You have to discipline yourself, but also, hey, put on your seatbelt because you will have a smooth ride. I mean, I didn't have so many smooth rides that time where, man, it feels so great when you deal with clients that fly you to different places. You could have a business meeting and they uh, pay for your lunch. And I mean, that's cool, but I ain't worried about that. I'm trying to get the big deal and lock and seal the deal. And I'm just sharing that because a lot of people who watching this, you guys may not be an artist, but, but don't worry about the art part. Pay attention to the other details about the determination, about having passion, about being consistent, persistent, and staying on top of it and being strong-minded. They say if you hang around six winners, you're bound to be the seventh winner. If you hang around five losers, you're bound to be the sixth loser. So you are who you surround yourself with, who you congregate with. 
if you want to be successful, you must hang around successful people. And also, don't be disappointed. It'd be a lot of family members who may not see your vision and they're going to try to bring you down and say that's not going to work. To this day, I do art from nine to five, like like 24-7. There's people say, I, true story, my parents sometimes say, son, please go get you a regular nine to five. Go get a regular job and do your art as a hobby. I'm like, man, damn. Like, why do they tell me that? Like, why they can't say at least, at the least, go work at an art firm or a design yeah. firm. Go work for a company that paints this and this and that. You know, because sometimes if people don't understand what it is that you're trying to do and they don't understand the greatness of it, they can't say nothing. Because the only thing they could do is tell you what they think of maybe could go wrong. But I believe in what I do. I've seen other people be successful at it. You know, everybody, sometimes they want to be a sports player. They want to be a basketball, baseball, football, because they feel like that's their chance to make it, to be somebody. Everybody want to be a rapper or video vixen or whatever, you know. That's cool. But, man, I'll tell you one thing. The main thing is to have some knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. If you have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, some of that stuff right there is superficial. It comes and goes. So you need something stable to stand on. A lot of people who thought they was doing something, they they become a one-hit wonder. Mm. They special today, but they forgotten tomorrow. So uh, my advice is you better do something that's going to give you some longevity. I repeat to all you listeners, do something that's going to give you longevity, something that's going to really put you on the map. Whatever that's going to be, that's up to you. But you got to think about your moves, think about your future. You know, but if you're young, you know, you might get married one day. You might have kids. So you got to be able to think, what is it going to be like when you have a family uh, or you have a, a husband or you might be single all your life? How you going to handle like that? See, because some people is married to their career and they don't have time for nothing else. And all they do is work, 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 you know, but all work and no play ain't good. So you got to work hard, play hard. And enjoy life. Money ain't nothing but a trading tool for you to do the things you like to do. People say you exchanging hours for dollars. Don't be a slave to the money. Money ain't nothing but a trading tool. Man, I enjoy life. I can't ask for nothing else. I can describe my life in two words, creative and adventurous. A lot of people think that I sit around the house all day and draw, draw, draw like a nerd and I don't do nothing. Man, I draw, I get out, I go to the movies, I have fun, go to restaurants like you see me in the restaurant chilling. (laughs) Man, I like to do the finest things in life, man, because it makes you feel alive. It gives you purpose. It makes you feel complete. I know people that didn't get a chance to fulfill what they wanted to do. And guess what? They're miserable. Yep. And those are the people telling you you can't do it. That was beautiful. That was good. You won a million dollars for getting it just like that. That was amazing, Mr. Walker. That was, I'm so happy. I feel like my podcast definitely, I feel like it's always me. Like if I be a little bit motivational, like it'll just be me. But it's like, you know, you need other people's perspective. Um, I'm so happy to bring someone from the old school. I'm always talking about old school. You know, my parents are old school and I feel like they put, they, I am the way I am because of them. And I love that in a sense, I'm not an old, old soul, but I, I'm at the age where I respect old school so much. And you have people my age that don't. And it's like, yeah. y'all should like, 
there's good shit lying in old school and people sometimes forget it or don't appreciate it. So I'm happy that I got to bring some of that onto the podcast. And I'm just happy that you're here and how this turned out. And your words are very moving, very touching. I'm over here listening like a student. I felt like a student again. I'm like, you're right, you're right. So I want to thank you. It took you back in time. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners are going to love this. And I can't wait for people to hear this. Do you feel like there's anything you want to say that I didn't get to ask or you didn't get to share? I just want to say for all the listeners before we go, you know, believe in yourself. But with freedom come big responsibility. If I was at a regular nine to five, I wouldn't be able to do this right now. Work smarter, not harder. Mm, All right. All right, Mr. Walker, where can listeners find you? Where can they see more about you, hear more about you? I'm on Instagram at King, K-I-N-G underscore C-R-E number eight. At King underscore create. Hit me up on there. I do logos, do the back right. of jean jackets. I do custom artwork. I do artwork on anything. If, if you want stuff as custom gifts, hit me up. If you know other people who need my services, hit me up. I do private art lessons. You you name it creative, pretty much I do. Y'all hit me up. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Don't forget, this is your girl, Nessa Nannis, on the road, the ratchet, and the reckless. Don't forget to follow me at Nessa Nannis underscore on Instagram. And please don't forget to let your mama know, your tia know that the real ratchet and reckless is where it's at. I'm signing out. (laughs) The RRR, baby. The podcast showing love to all the ratchets. This was a new episode by me, your host, Nessa Nannis. Adding a little ratchet to your day, a little boss in your walk. We're going to keep it locked here every week. Stay tuned and don't forget to stay true and pursue, boo.